Who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's give God thanks for all that he's done. Amen. Hey, I'm glad you're here today, and, and uh, we're in week one of a brand new series we're calling Heart for the House, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment, but like I always do, just want to look into the cameras and welcome everybody who's on the other side of the camera today. I, I want you to know, I've, I've probably said this before, but I see those cameras as missionaries back there. You, you guys are missionaries going, taking church, taking God into people's homes and, and all across America, around the world, and so we just thank you. Uh, uh, thank God for the miracle of technology. Thank our production team for, for serving in the way that you do. Come on, let's put our hands together for all the people on the other side of the camera. We're glad you're with us today. Yeah. We're in this uh, new series called Heart for the House. And um, if you're new to church, if you're new to City Hope, uh, typically I would do a series in the month of February on relationships. And we're going to come back to that, circle back to it next month. We'll kick that series off. Um, in, in March, but uh, this series is really geared towards people who really call City Hope home. If, if you call City Hope home, if, you, if your life has been changed here, if God has worked in your heart, if God has moved in your life, if you're, if, like, you're part of the, the family here. Now, if you're new to church, uh, I want you to th see this as a family conversation, and you're invited to be a part of it. But I'm going to talk to the family, those who call City Hope home, in a way and kind of share with, with them some vision, some passion points, some things that we're working towards. And we invite you to be a part of that journey with us. Amen. Don't, don't, don't we do that, church? We want everybody to be a part of this journey with us. And so if you're new, keep coming back. Keep being a part of what we're doing. And uh, I hope you will, all right? So... Um, in fact, uh, in growth track today, I was just in there shaking hands earlier, just saying hi, and they had to bring out overflow chairs because there was no more room in growth track. Uh, we had, it, yeah, and 10 people water baptized in the, after the first service this morning. God's doing some amazing things. It's pretty cool to see what God's doing. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is four-part series, and what we're going to do in this series is we're going to take a look at long-term vision. Talk, talk about where we're headed, um, how do we get there, and then how, like, what's it going to take, and then how can we accelerate it? How can we come together as the people of God to accelerate what God's doing here in our community? And when I think about those words, heart for the house, it really reminds me, I think about uh, King David, because if there's anybody who had a heart for God's house, don't you know King David did, Right? Now, Jesus did, obviously. We, we see what he did in the New Testament. But I want to talk about King David throughout this series and how he had a heart for the house of God. Think about it this way. Uh, the Bible says about King David that he was a man after what? God's heart. So he loved to be in God's presence. He loved to go to the house of the Lord. He loved to write worship songs and love songs to God. He just, he loved to be in God's presence. In fact, if you're in the one-year Bible, if you're reading that with us this year in Psalm 27, we saw this week, one thing I ask from the Lord. David said, one thing I seek. Lord, if there's anything you'd let me do, David says, just let me dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Let me gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. He just loved to be in God's house. He loved to be in the presence of God. Fast forward several chapters in Psalm 69, verse 9, David said, 
Zeal for your house consumes me. Like, God, I can't wait to get there. I can't, I, I get here early. And, and, and you guys, if you're new to church, you're going to figure out you have to get here early, right? Uh, if you, if you want to sit on the floor or, or, or on the floor level, or if you want to, if you want to get a, a good parking spot, right? You got to, we got to plan it. We got zeal for your house, God. I just got to get there. Got to be in God's house. And so, so I love his heart in this. I just want to be in your house, God. I want to be here. David actually wanted to build God a temple. He wanted to build a house for God, but God told him no. God actually said, David, you're not the right man for this job. You have been a man of war, and you have shed a lot of blood. And so I don't want you to build this temple. I'm going to let your son build this temple. And so David didn't complain about it. He just became the greatest giver towards the temple, the greatest fundraiser. Some people estimate he gave around $20 billion to build Solomon's temple. Come on, that's, that's a lot of money right there. Like he, he, he was okay with it. God, if you're not going to let me be the one who builds it, let me be the one who helps fund it, right? That was, his, that was his desire. So David just loved God's heart. He loved God's presence, God's God's house. And in 2 Samuel, he said it this way, I'm over here living in a cedar palace. I've got everything going for me. Everything's great. But the ark of God remains in a tent. The ark of God is in, is in a shack. And he just, he didn't want that. He wanted to build a place for God so that God could reach people. God could make a difference in the lives of people around him like God had made a difference in David's life. And so here's my goal for this series. What I want to do in this series is I want to lead you to a place for the, all of you who call City Hope home and even those of you who are new to us, would love for you to come on this journey with us. I want to lead you to a place where you could truly say, like David, my heart is for this house. Like, I just love, I love God's presence. I love the house of God. And here's what I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me is that if we will have a heart for his house, all right, if we will... If we will focus on the things God focuses on, if we will love lost people, if we will seek and save lost people like he sent his son Jesus to do, if we'll, have, if we'll prepare an atmosphere where lives can be changed, if we will have a heart for his house, I believe he's going to have a heart for this house. That he'll, he'll open up windows of opportunity and give, us, and give us the things that we need to do in order to do what he's called us to do. I believe that. And so before I can lead you to have a heart, for, for God's house, I want to tell you a little bit about this house. I want to tell you about City Hope. I want, to, I want to talk about who we are, where we've been, all of these different things. And so in your notes, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. The first question I want to ask today and answer is, who is City Hope? Who are we? Who are we? This would be great for many of you who are new to church today. Who are we? So um, I'm originally from Tennessee. My wife is from Wichita Falls. We met here in Wichita Falls, met and married, met in 02, married in 03, and we, we moved to Alabama for 15 years. We were part of a church there, healthy, life-giving church, and in 2018, 2017, 18, God began to speak to us about coming back here to start a church, and as we were planning and preparing and dreaming about the kind of church City Hope would be, there were three things we felt like God was calling us to do, three points of vision, all right? And it's in your notes, number one is this, to love God. Like this is the first and greatest commandment, that we can't even do anything else. We can't accomplish anything else that God calls us to accomplish if we don't love Him. 
I mean, like we can't, we can't do anything else if we don't have a love for God. This is first and foremost. But then secondly, we got to have a love for people. It starts with loving God, but how many of have you have, have you ever known someone who loved God, but they didn't love people? And you didn't really want to be around them because you're like, man, you're mean and judgmental and harsh. And I think I'd rather go somewhere else, right? Like they loved God, but they didn't love people. And we have to love people. We have to have a heart for people, any person. And not just that anybody is welcome here, but that we go out and get people. Like, like yesterday at first Saturday serve, we don't just, we don't just wait and see who's going to show up here. We have an army of people who go out and serve and love people right where they are, vulnerable, hurting, marginalized, broken, needy, addicted. Come on, somebody. We love people. But if we just stop there at loving people, that's, that's not all that. There's a lot, there's a lot of people who aren't even Christians who love people. God calls us love him, love people. But then he says, what are you going to do with that love? What are you going to do? And, and so we decided we want to give people hope. We named the church City Hope because I think there's one thing in all around the world, no matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, every person has hope. Every person is hoping for something. They're hoping for their marriage to be restored. They're hoping for their children to come back home. They're hoping to break an addictive cycle. They're hoping that their financial situation will get better. Come on. Now, we're just hoping. And that's something that I think every one of us identify with. So our theme verse, who are we? Our theme verse was is this. It's my theme verse, my life verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God knows the plans he has for us. And his plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. In other words, he wants to push you forward. He wants to do some things in your life that you can't do on your own, like your decisions don't, don't do it for you. Like the people you're hanging around don't do it for you. It's only the hand of God. He wants to prosper you and not harm you. A lot, a lot of people just feel like God's just a, he's just a cosmic killjoy. He's, he's angry. He's mad. He wants to put me in my place. If I come to church, the, the roof's going to fall in. It's going to go up in smoke. Come on, have you ever thought that before? I felt, no, no, no. He has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That's the, that's the desire of God, that he has a hope and a future for your life. So from the beginning, from the start of City Hope Church, when we lived in Alabama, when we were dreaming about it, writing it out, we, we dreamed of a church that gives hope for the future and a place to call home. Even if we were going to meet in a middle school cafetorium, we wanted to be a place that would give people a hope for the future and a place to call home where everybody's welcome and anything is possible. Doesn't matter. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did. Like, I just felt like that, was the, that was my theme song during that season. Like, I don't care. We're just trying to get people to come to church. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did. Just come to church, right? Just come to church. It just... Anything is possible that God could set us free. He could work in our lives. He could, he could do something in us. We, wanted, we, we dreamed of a church where the service was enjoyable, not endurable. The way we said it was, it's more like a party than it is a presentation. Whoop, whoop, let's go. Let's have a party. We dreamed of a church that was a breath of fresh air. Whew, what's different about this place? We dreamed of a church where people could take their next steps towards Jesus. 
We dreamed of a church where God could move in our lives, that no matter where we were, we know we have a next step to take. We're not where we ought to be, but thank God we're not what we used to be. And we just keep drawing closer and closer to God. We dreamed of a church where people could discover their purpose and find their place in the kingdom of God. That's what we dreamed. And I've heard these sort of stories for the last five years. For the last five years. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I've heard th uh, three people, at least, who came up and told me their story. Jimmy caught me in the lobby one day during prayer, 21 days of prayer. And Jimmy said, hey, Pastor Ben, I need you to know that if, if you were still in McNeil Middle School Cafetorium, I wouldn't be here today. But you made room for me when you moved into this building. And he said, I'm all in on whatever we've got to do to keep making room for people. I talked to Kevin, who he serves in our, in our student ministry, one of our small group leaders. He lost his job last year. He's been coming to church for a little while, gave his life to the Lord, decided he's going to give God a year of his life. He started serving in student ministry. And, and, and even though he lost his job, and even though uh, uh, he, he's had a very difficult time finding something that was kind of equal to where he was, God has provided every step of the way. He's never been laid on a bill. And he talked about how he's just fallen in love with our students and how he gets to mentor them and be a small group leader for them. And he's living out his purpose in the kingdom of God. And I talked to Jessica in the lobby last week who stopped me and said, hey, you, you talk about giving God a year of our lives. And I want you to know my family did that. We gave God a year of our lives. And and our marriage is healthier, our family is better. We are in a different place than we were a year ago. That's, what we, that's who we were. That's who we are. We want to be that kind of church over and over and over again for people. So that's who City Hope is. But here's number two. Where have we been? Where have you been? Where have you been? Reminded of Nacho Libre when, when uh, she asked him that. Encarnacion, where have you been? <laughs> well, <laughs> we're only five years old. It's amazing to think about this, but um, there was a group of people. Uh, you should know that City Hope was established by people who sacrificed. Um, every one of you, I'm looking at every one of you are new in the last five years. Think about that. It was established by people who sacrificed. Before we ever had our first service, there were people who gave from all across America, uh, all, all kind of walks of life. They saw a dream. They saw a vision in Wichita Falls, and they gave $250,000 to help start a church. There was a launch team that sacrificed, that gave their time, their talent, and their treasure. It was established by people who said, you know what? I'm going to give up something I love for something I love even more. I love the kingdom of God. I love, I love what God is doing. And so you look around at what, what's happening here, at what God's doing, and it's easy to forget that we're only five years old. It's easy to forget that we're just a kindergartner. And we haven't even made it to first grade yet. And look what God has done. And so we, we knew when, we were, when, when City Hope Church was starting... I would talk with our launch team about these things. I said, there's three groups of people that I, I want us to, I, want, I believe God's going to send us. Three groups of people. And it was first the unchurched. It was people like James. You heard his story on the screen. People like James who said, I didn't grow up in church, never been to a church, 
never read the Bible. But he gets to a point in his life where he knows something has to change. I'm chasing after something, and I can't find fulfillment anywhere else. Let me turn to God. And we knew that God was calling us to, to be here for people who were unchurched. But we also knew that God was calling us to, to be here for the overchurch. This is a group of people who they love the church, but they don't, they don't really have much relationship with Jesus. And what I mean by that is they, they love their traditions. They love their r religions. They love their routine. They love, they love the church perhaps more than they love Jesus. It's all about do's and don'ts and rules and rituals and all of these things. And God was calling us to help people see there's a better way. Man, there, there's a way you can relate to God that's a relationship with him and not just duty, but it's a delight. And we also knew that God was calling us to the de-churched. And these are people, the de-churched are people who, they fell away from church. They actually love Jesus, but they're not a fan of the church. And, and honestly, that's a pretty dangerous place to be. Because it's like telling God, God, I love you, but I don't like your wife. I love you, but your bride, she drives me crazy. And I'm just saying, if, if someone told me that, we can't be friends. You know what I mean? Like, we, we just, we can't be friends. I, I like you, Pastor Ben, but, you know, Annalise, I mean, just, sorry. Time to find a new friend, because I just, I can't, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't have you over to the house when you don't like my family, right? And, and so God was calling us to these people who, they had been hurt by the church, they loved God. They loved Jesus. They, they, they wanted a relationship with him, but there was a mistrust and there was hurt and there was brokenness because of things that happened in the church. And God said, you're going to reach people like that. You're going to reach people like Steve Lane. Steve was de-churched. Been out of church for 15 years. 15 years. I ran into Steve because we had a prior relationship in probably December of 2018 or January of 2019 in a butcher shop in Wichita Falls. And just real quick exchange, hey, you ought to come to our first service. But Steve had been out of church for 15 years, hurt. I'm done with it. I don't want to go back. And he kind of gave me the whole, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll try that out. Yeah, you know, like, like a lot of people do. Sounds interesting, right? But little did he know the Lord was working on his wife too. And D-Lynn said, hey, you know, we should, we should go to church on the launch day. Let's, let's go to the first service. And he said, okay, but we're going to go in, go out, and we're not, you know, we're not going back. We're not going to make eye contact with people. We're just, <laughs> just going to sit in the back where we can get out quick. And I'll never forget seeing him about five rows back, stage, stage left, wearing a blazer like he's wearing today. Looked like he was sweating bullets, like, I don't know if I, if I should be here or not, you know. And he tells the story of how when they drove on the property, they could just sense something. They stayed for the service, and as they're walking to their car, they say to each other, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. And here we are, five years later, that they went through growth track on the second week of the church, became small group leaders, and, and went through freedom, and now leads men's freedom groups, and, and he's, he's a father figure to me, everybody. 
Like I, I see Steve as like a dad, and he's so special in my life, but he was out of church. He had given up on the church, and we exist for people like that who've just given up. See, I think there's thousands more like Steve in Wichita Falls. There's, there's 150,000 people in the greater Wichita Falls area who need to know that God is for them, that God has a future for them, a hope for them, a purpose for them. He has a plan for their life, and God wants to do something great in them. Hey, they're close to a church, but they're far from God. They're dying in the shadow of a steeple, and they need to know Jesus loves them. And I want to remind you today that we, the church is not this building. Hey, let's remember, we, you and I are the church, and we exist for people who have not walked through these doors yet. We exist for the broken and the hurting and the marginalized and those who, are, who need a life-giving relationship with Jesus. We exist for them, and we've got to make room for them. We've got to make room. So that's who we are, where we've been. Let's talk about where are we going? Where are we going? What's next for us? So I feel like in the, last, um, in the last year, I really feel like the Lord has been speaking to me over and over again. You probably look at me and like, Pastor Ben, you're such a man of faith. But I, I, honestly, I struggle with faith. And the Lord's been speaking to me, Ben, your faith is too small. You need to dream bigger. You need to dream bigger. I remember when we, when we uh, bought or when we uh, leased this building, we began renovations on this building. It was a dump. You sh I'm honest. You should have seen it. It, on the inside, it was, it was nasty. What you see today is hundreds of hours, thousands of dollars to work. And first time I saw it, I thought, ain't no way. I don't want to be there. And don't you know that uh, that old saying is true, never say never? Because that's kind of what I said. I'll never, I'll never be in that building. Look what happened, right? Here we are. But God knew what he was doing. He ordained this. And I remember walking around the building with Steve. He was our GC at that time for the project. And I remember saying, Steve, we're not going to need this balcony. I mean, we just. <laughs> I'm sorry to all of you in the balcony today for the little faith that I had back then. I'm sorry for that. Because right now, if you could look back, you would see it's 95% full, maybe 99% full of people who, hey, they, need, they needed a place to sit. They needed a place to be today. And, and I'm so thankful that God stretches our faith. That, and he's been telling me, hey, you, you've, you need to dream bigger. Dream bigger dreams. And so here's what I feel him saying to us. If you'll have a heart for my house, I'll have a heart for this house. Build hope for eternity, Ben. Build hope for eternity. So where are we going? All right. Um, these, these past five years... I feel have been a moment for us. It's been a it's been a blip on the radar. And what I really feel is that we're we're about to see a movement in our church. Um, I believe God is speaking about very specific things. The City Hope will be a church that doesn't just reach Wichita Falls, but reaches a region, Texoma. We have people who drive here every week from Altus and Vernon and Electra and. Burke Burnett and, and Walters, Oklahoma. People were here last week from Sherman. Pe people co come from, uh, from Bowie and uh, Sunset, all over the place. And I believe God is, is just saying, hey, I'm about to take you somewhere, Ben. You've been in a moment, but I'm about, I'm about to take you into a movement, all right? And so you've probably noticed that we have 
we have some crowding issues. You've probably noticed we have, uh, we're running out of space. I don't even have to try to convince you of that. Like, I don't have to try to tell you, oh, it's bad, you know, parking. And No, no, you know. You know. And as far as I see it, there are four, um, there are four options to the growth that we are experiencing. And one of them is we can, we can stay where we're at, and in the meantime, we can just keep adding overflow options and, and increase shuttle opportunities for people who are having to park farther away. And we can open up uh, um, you know, different avenues for people to, uh, to be able to, uh, to go into a lobby or a different building nearby to watch an overflow service kind of thing. We'll, we'll work on all that. But another option is we could launch a campus. And we chose not to launch Burke Burnett. We were actually scheduled last year we were going to launch it this Sunday today and we decided let's not do it because we need to we need to focus on what are we going to do at Cedar Elm what are we going to do here how are we how are we we going to uh, filter this growth and so yeah we could go across town we could launch a location some of you would go to that and, and that's a solution that could be an option we could also add more services I don't know that that's the, the right solution. We, you know what? One option, it's a very real option, is we could just do nothing. And we can, we can settle in and we can be a church that just goes, you know what? Let's just, let's just be happy and okay with what God has done. And let's just not be really concerned with lost people or broken or hurting or, you know, let's, let's, just, let's just be happy with this. And, and I just can't find that that's biblical thing to do or the right thing to do right that God has more for our church and so so we're gonna have to choose one of those options over the short term but starting today I want to let you know we're beginning a three-year spiritual journey called heart for the house and our goal is this we have a financial goal to raise four million dollars over the next three years to purchase land land or a building if there is one that exists that can house City Hope that will eventually become a, a, a hold a facility to meet the needs of City Hope Church for generations to come. All right? That's our goal. That's what we're doing. All right? And, and you go, well, man, yeah, we can give God thanks for that. Yeah, come on, let's give God thanks. This is our goal. That's what we're doing. And so the, the struggle sometimes is like, well, well, what do we do for the next three years? <laughs> What do we do, Pastor Ben? Like in three years, we're still going to be we're still going to be facing all these things. That's why we have to work through options and, and how do we keep growing? How do we keep reaching people? But this heart for the house is a three year spiritual journey to purchase land or a building. Okay, and I say or a building because there have been too many times where I thought I was supposed to go this way, and then God opens up a door this way, and I just want to be I want to be able to pivot on whatever the Lord leads us to. All right. And so what we feel right now is that the Lord's leading us um, to look for property along the Kell West Corridor towards Memorial High School. In fact, we've contacted, we, we have several parcels that we've looked at. We've spoken with owners. We've uh, made contact. In one case, we have gone as far as making an offer, and we've had some negotiation back and forth. There's nothing solidified with that, and we don't even know if it's something that we can work out. But we're pursuing several different things and I tell you that because I want you to know that this is not a pipe dream 
that it's not something that we're just hoping will happen one day, that there are legs to this vision, there are legs to this, uh, and, and the, the trustees are praying and talking and pursuing land and, and opportunity and, and even buildings and even different churches that may, may exist that would be interested in some sort of swap. We're, we're just putting everything on the table to see what God might be willing to do. All right? And anything that's left over after, uh, through this $4 million we'll use for site development or we'll use for a down payment fund, but we'll also use some of it to facilitate growth here because there's going to have to be decisions that we make or expansions or uh, purchase new shuttles or whatever so that we can keep reaching people for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody? So that's what we're going to do. Let's give God thanks for that one more time. It's exciting. It's good stuff. And I am way behind. I've got to hurry up. All right. So this is not about a building. It's not about land. It's about reaching people for Jesus Christ. And here's what I believe, that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He's going to meet our needs in Jesus' name. So we're just going to move this to the front burner. It's not on the back burner. It's not something we're hoping. We're, we're, no, we're going we're gonna to begin to pursue this. So where's my place? That's the th number four. Where's my place in this, Pastor Ben? What am I supposed to do? Where do you want me? And I want you to know, if you're, a, if you're part of City Hope Church, you have a very special place in this family. In fact, our legal name is City Hope Family because we wanted, we wanted to create a family, not just a church, not just a club, not just a, a social experience. This is a family. And as part of this family, if your life has been touched, if your life has been changed, if you, your marriage is in a different place, if, you're, if, you've been, if you've been changed in any way because of the ministry at City Hope, I'm asking you, would you have a heart for the house? Would, would you come together with us? And I want to give you three thoughts today as I study the, the, the story of David. We're going to study his story over the three weeks. As we study about David, his story gives us a blueprint of three Three things we can learn. Three things that happened with David that I think are happening now. Number one is this. We need God to speak to us. You need God to speak to you. You need to hear the voice of God. David stepped up in front of everybody and he said this. God said to me. I'm praying that you will be able to say, hey, God spoke to me. God spoke to me about what I'm supposed to do. You're not to build a house for my name, God said to David, because you're a warrior. You've shed blood. And he goes on to say, I'm going to have your son do that. And I believe that God's spoken to me as your pastor, that he's spoken to me about what we're supposed to do, and that is to build the hub of ministry of City Hope Church. It will exist in Wichita Falls and reach out across the, the region of Texoma and literally, I believe, across the world from a hub of ministry right here in Wichita Falls. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that God's working and he's moving. And my place is to hear God speak. What are you saying? What are you speaking to me? What, not a building, not land. Lord, how can I build hope for eternity? All right, so that's number one. We need God to speak. Number two, we need people who will trust and I changed this from your notes. I think it says we need people to trust, but I felt that was a little confusing because I'm, uh, I'm not asking you to have someone you can trust. I'm asking you to be a person who will trust. So what, what God is looking for in this season is people who will trust a vision. And for the last five years, I've been doing my best to build your trust, to earn your trust, to live a life that you could look at and say, you know what, Pastor Ben... Is, is he's a man of integrity. 
He's a man of character. And he does what he says, and he's not going to lead us astray. And I can look at his track record and know he's, he is who he says he is. Yes. I've been working hard to do that, to build your trust. And, and, but can I say, even if you don't trust me, I need you to trust God. Yes. All right, just trust God. Just trust the Lord in this journey. Ask him to speak to you because God's looking for people who will trust. Look what happens. This is the story of David, that the people rejoiced at the willing response of their, their leadership. King David and the leaders, because they, they didn't just stand up and say, hey, we need you to do something about it. They stood up and said, hey, we're going to go first. We're going to do something about it. They gave freely and wholeheartedly. And I want you to know, my family and I, we're making the most significant sacrifice we've ever made in terms of generosity and giving. We're, we're doing it. We're, we're going all in. And I want you to be able to rejoice that your leadership is... We're not just saying, asking you to do it. We're doing it. We're in, in this with you. And so here's number three. You need people to trust, but you also need people to work together. We need people. We need team. You know the old cliche, like together everyone achieves more. We need team. We need a group of people who will say, hey, we're, we're in this. We're in this. So King David gave. King David gave. But then the leaders followed him and gave, and then everybody else gave. They, what did they do? They worked together. And in 1 Chronicles 28, it says that David says to his son Solomon, be strong and courageous. And hey, let's do the work. Let's do this together. Let's build this together. Let's give together. Let's build together. And when they did that, it was years, like it will be for us, they gave. And eventually, they built, a, they built a, temp, a temple called Solomon's Temple, estimated to cost, on the high end, about $216 billion in today's income, today's money. That's crazy. King David gave $20 billion of it. So here they are in this beautiful new auditorium that they've just built, and the Bible says that they're, they're together like they were in Acts chapter 2. One mind, one accord. The musicians are there. The singers are there. The priests are there. And they're all, they're all serving the Lord together in unison. They're lifting their voices. They're worshiping God. And the Bible says that God met them there in that moment. And it says that the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, which is the presence of God. And that the priests could no longer perform their service because the presence of God showed up in that room that day. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. And I want to tell you today, church, that you're not here because of a good speaker. You're not here today because of the good preaching or the good worship or the way we park cars or the great kids ministry. You're here today because you feel the presence of God when you come to this place and you know something is different and God is meeting me right where I am. You're here because of the presence of God. That's why. That's why. And that's what I want for us is that we would experience the presence of God like never before. But if we're going to experience his presence... It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to one word, all right? In your notes, it's going to come down to unity. It's unity. If we're going to experience his presence, it's going to take unity. That This is working together, right? This is one mind, one accord, one purpose, one goal, one, one destiny. And here's what the Bible says about unity. Paul says to the Corinthians, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you agree with one another in what you say. 
not that you just flippantly agree, not just like, oh yeah, that's cool, yeah, we, no, no, but that you have a purpose and you all come together under that purpose. Everybody has a different role to play, but you're all unified like a team would be, right? We have one purpose. Be unified in what you say. Agree with what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Jesus said in John 17, he's praying a prayer here. He says, I am in them and you are in me. And God, I'm praying that today, Lord, would, would, would these disciples experience perfect unity so that the world will know that you've sent me. In other words, we will be known as Christians by the fact that we're unified together. That we are unified in perfect love. And I think that's one of the problems that the world has with the church. Is that the world goes, how can you say you love me when you don't even get along with the people you go to church with? What are, you, what are you talking about you love me when, when you're arguing about the carpet color or the, the, the fact that the piano's on the wrong side of the stage this week or that you've got chairs instead of pews? Well, come on. The world wants to see people unified in love. And Jesus said, you'll be known as a Christian by the way you're unified in love. It goes on to say in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together, live together in unity. It, if you want to please God, come together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so pleasing to Him. Colossians, Paul says, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Every Sunday when I, when I come to church, um, I don't ever drive in the truck with my coat on. I always put it on a hanger. But when I get out of the truck, I take my coat off the hanger and I put my sports coat on. And that's what Paul is saying to the Colossians that every day you have to make a choice that you're going to put on love. And you can choose whether you're going to put on love or, or put on hate. That you can choose whether you're going to put on um, a unity or you're going to put on division. You can choose every day, am I going to put on um, a, a spirit of freedom in my life or a spirit of bondage in my life? What, you get to choose every day what you put on. And I'm encouraging us today, hey, let's, let's put on a spirit of, let's put on love. Let's put on love that binds us all together. Let's throw, let, don't throw water and quench the fire that God is doing here. Let's put some gasoline on it. Come on, somebody. Let's watch, let's watch what God will do. Let's put on love through this process. So, in fact, that's the miracle we're after. We're not even after like a financial number. The miracle we need is we need love. We need, we, what we need, it's not about the money we raise. It's about love. It's about unity through the love of Jesus Christ. It brings us together. So I'm believing for a, a miraculous season. I'm believing for, for the, the money to come in. Yes, I'm believing for land. Yes, I'm believing for a building or whatever it might be. Yes, but I'm believing on a deeper level that you grow deeper in your faith that you've ever grown before. I'm believing that you become more united with your spouse than you ever have been before. I'm, I'm believing that you have deeper roots in your walk with God than you ever have before. Amen, everybody? Let me, let me wrap up. Let me close up with this. So today on your way out, I have a couple things we wanted to give you. And uh, the first thing, we're going to hand every, every family, every Every household is going to get one of these bags on the way out. It's got a couple things in it. There's a little booklet that you can find out more about Heart for the House. 
strategy God with some vision, some numbers, some stories. Read through that and you'll get some, you'll get some more information through that, but also through the series. We'll talk about it more over the next couple weeks. But then there's a couple bracelets in there and we'll have more for your family if, if you need more. I'm, I've been wearing mine for a couple weeks and this bracelet just says heart for the house it says project 633 and this is just a little tool I wanted us to use in fact there's a there's a magnet in here that I'd love for you to put on your refrigerator and it just tells you what to do with this bracelet and this whole project 633 idea is that every day set an alarm on your phone I've already done it 633 a.m. And 6.33 p.m. And every day when that alarm goes off, or maybe even throughout the day as you wear that bracelet, when that alarm goes off, you pray just one minute over heart for the house. And here's your prayer. It's, your prayer is Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So, God, I just thank you today that you are with us. God, you're speaking to us. You're giving us favor. Lord, I thank you that your kingdom is coming and your will is being done at City Hope Church in Wichita Falls. God, I thank you that we're seeking you first. Lord, we're not after all the results. We just want your will to be done. And as we seek you, we know that your will come to pass you'll add all these other things and so it's just a way to be reminded to pray but then the last thing I'll mention to you is um, this commitment card that we're gonna send with you and we've never done a commitment card ever in five years our first time but I don't, I don't really want you to do anything with it today even really in the next week or so I really just want you to pray about it I want you to pray about this what is what would God have you do and I want you, here's what I want you to do with this card. I want you to seek the Lord about what sacrifice means to you. Seek the Lord about what, what does sacrifice look like for your family? How can you give your biggest kingdom offering that you've ever given over a three-year period? How could you, what can you do? And just seek Him about this sacrifice. Pray a bold prayer, a dangerous prayer about what God wants. And know this, that my ask is that whatever you give would just be above what you normally give. Because if, if all you do is shift what you normally give, it'll hurt the operation of the church and, and we'll, we'll have to decrease what we're able to do. Because this is over and above. We need to be able to do what we normally do and raise the $4 million. Second thing is listen to what God wants you to do. What is God saying to you? What is He speaking to you? You're not asking your neighbor about it. You're not asking your, you know, um, the, the internet. No, no. Ask God. Listen to what God says. And, 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 and then obey his leading and believe for his provision. God, what do you want from me? What are you speaking? How are you, how are you talking to me right now? What are you asking for me to do? And then number four, commit to give your best offering above your tithes. And this is over a three-year period, right? And so um, the reason I say I don't need you to do anything with this now except pray is because on February the 25th, we're going to do what we call a Commitment Sunday where we bring um, our commitment, what are we going to do over the, the next three years, and we're going to bring what we call a first fruits offering with that. So it's just part of our commitment. And you do whatever the Lord puts on your heart. 
But I don't want you to go to the Lord about a number. I want you to go to the Lord with an open heart. Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to my heart? What would you want us to do? Amen, everybody? That's my prayer. That's what I ask you to do. And we're going to do that. We're going to see. Here's what we're going to see happen. We're going to see God do the most amazing thing over these next three years. I believe it's going to galvanize us like never before. And so I'm just saying, hey, let's be strong. Let's be courageous. And let's do the work that God's given us to do. Amen. Let's do it. Amen. All right. Would you bow your heads with me today? Close your eyes. And Lord, I'm just praying right now over this room today, over every family, every person represented, God. I thank you that you are the one who speaks. Lord, we don't need to hear our own voice. We need to hear your voice. We're your sheep, and we want to hear what you have to say. So, God, we're asking you to speak to us. Lord, we're asking you to give us power to trust you in this moment, on this journey that you're leading us in, that we would listen to what you say. Lord, that we would, uh, that we would obey it. God, that we would step out in faith and that we would do the work together. Lord, that we would, that we would commit to whatever you would have us to do, Lord. N no pressure, no condemnation, no guilt, but just obedience to you whatever you say so we thank you that you're speaking to us and empowering us to be the people that you've called us to be in Jesus name and with your heads bowed if you're here today you're far from God maybe you're far from God you're, you're distant in your relationship with God uh, maybe you came here today thinking that you, you were going to hear uh, an inspirational message to help you get back to God and, and maybe you're trying to figure out what your role is in this and, or are you here on purpose yes you are and, and I want you to know that everything you heard me talk about earlier, about the dreams of our church, how we wanted to reach people, we wanted to make a difference in people, maybe you're one of those people. God brought you here today so that you could experience the presence of God and the power of God in your life so that you could come to a life-giving relationship with Him. Maybe it's your turn to give your life to Jesus. And if you're here and you don't know God, but you want to, you want to have a relationship with Him, on the count of three, I want you to boldly slip up your hand. I'm going all in today, Ben. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. If that's you, one, two, three. I'm surrendering everything to Jesus today. I see you. God bless you. One, two, three. Who else would say that's me? I'm, I surrender all of my life to him today. Four, five. Anyone else? Six, seven. Anyone else? Eight, nine. So proud of you. Ten, eleven. So thankful for you so proud of you this is your moment come on let's say this prayer to get to, to the, together church say Jesus I give you my life I surrender not my will your will I turn to you I repent of my sin would you forgive me cleanse me wash me and make me new I need you and from this day forward I choose to serve you, to live for you, to love you, to honor you the best that I know how. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give God thanks today.